kind of score people based on attitude, effort, and performance. And if your attitude and effort are good, we'll give you a very long leash on performance. A positive-minded person will first talk about the positive job. And even in the job they didn't like as much, they'll struggle to talk about anything negative and they'll still highlight the positives that they learned from that situation. We see all these opportunities every day. Oh man, we could sell this and do that. And oh, we could also do that. And you have to refrain and just refocus on what you do and do it better. This is the Proco 360 podcast. I'm Dave Tabor hosting Proco 360 because I love Colorado and I love getting to know Colorado's entrepreneurs. Today's episode features JB Kellogg, co-founder and co-CEO of Madwire. Madwire is a digital marketing company based in Fort Collins with this mission to help small businesses grow and their local communities glow. This company fascinates me because it has grown to over 600 team members has what it's calling a dream team for digital marketing and caters to small business. And small business is a segment that's so hard to serve profitably. My driving question for this conversation, what I desperately want to know is how Madwire has scaled so quickly while earning a customer rating score of 95.32, plus this idea of how do you make money from small business? So JB, I'm excited for you to answer those questions. Thanks for joining me uh, via the Madwire podcast studio. Thanks, Dave. I'm glad to be here and excited to chat. Cool. So, you know, I gave a quick overview of Madwire. How close was I? How do you describe Madwire? No, you uh, you were very close. You know, our mission is to help small businesses uh, grow and their local communities glow. And we do that through our platform, Marketing 360. So that's kind of how we're known in the SMB space, more so as Marketing 360 than Madwire. And it's just a singular platform that allows a business to both manage and grow their business through one login. So they get all the tools to manage their business, like from CRM to collecting payments, to sending emails, et cetera. And then also the marketing tools. So social media marketing, ad management. The one thing that makes us unique is we offer not just technology, but also the talent. So a small business gets the platform and the tools, but they also can leverage our our talented people to help with their marketing execution as well. Cool. Now, you know, you you started Madwire to solve a problem. I think you did a pretty good ex- job explaining sort of what you do. Was that the initial problem? What was the the real driving burning problem you were trying to solve when you started the company? Absolutely. So we work with anybody you'd see around town. So plumbers, chiropractors, roofers, retail stores, restaurants. These businesses reach out to us because they have some sort of pain point. They're trying to grow or maybe they want to be uh, successful in email marketing and they've never done it or they want to be more active on social media and they need help there, Um, or they're just looking for a platform to design their website and maybe collect payment. And so they reach out to us for a number of reasons and we help them with that, but then also open the door to the rest of the platform and how it can really help them in a lot of other areas. And so that's why we call it Marketing 360 because it's a 360 degree solution that offers everything a small business would need to manage and grow their business. Yeah. Now, can you think of one, like when, when somebody says, Tell me about when you helped. Can you think of a specific, I know you've got hundreds, thousands of clients. Can you think of one that just sort of really illustrates what you do? 
Sure. Uh, we have 20,000 customers. Um, and one of our customers is, a, is an auto repair shop. Uh, been with us a long time. Um, they have actually multiple accounts now. So they started with us with one shop, Avalon Motorsports. It's a Denver company. Um, and, uh, you know, had a lot of success and grew. Uh, we helped them design their website, uh, helped them with managing their email marketing and their online advertising. So search engine optimization, helping you rank higher on Google, designing and creating ad campaigns on social media um, or YouTube, all the popular channels. So we've tested all these things over the years with them, very successful. They've uh, been able to expand and add additional locations over the years. So they um, really did. did, did yeah. So they relied on you to do all these things essentially for them. Yep. Yep. So they work That's, with us to do those things. And the owner's very engaged in that case, which is always helpful. Yeah. So Farah, and I'm not going to mention this specifically, the client you just mentioned, and Farah, your director of PR said, this was going to be a really hard question for you to answer, but I got to ask it and I need some help. What does it cost? Cost is anywhere from $395 a month, all the way up to $5,000 a month or more. The average account coming in the door right now is about $2,000 a month. All right. Well, that's helpful. Thank you. So when you started Madwire, were you doing these this whole suite of services or were you, did you start small and, and what does it look like? How has it evolved in that way? When we started, we were very much service-based. So we didn't have a lot of technology. We wanted to build it, but we weren't sure what to build because we just needed to learn the market. We didn't have past mm-hmm. experience with SMB marketing. So, But we learned over time and eventually started wireframing and building out our first version of Marketing 360, which was very slim. It was mostly just a reporting platform. And over time, we added more and more functionality where the business owner or team could get into the platform, actually do stuff like manage their leads and customers. So it was definitely an evolution with, with the technology piece. But when we started, we were offering website design. We were offering marketing, social media marketing, a lot of the same services we have today, but it wasn't really empowered with, with technology. It was just mm. pure, pure human effort. <laughs> yeah. And you know, when I, when I think back on, on the business that I ran and I did my, I was, I did the sales, I had a technology team and all that stuff it was very hard to integrate those kinds of things. So um, yeah. it sounds like what you figured out is an elegant way for a small business to integrate everything from CRM to marketing and so forth. Um, and that that's interesting to me. And it also brings me to my biggest question, because as you, as you systematize, as you bring on lots and lots of clients, um, this is what's most mind boggling to me. You've got a 95.32 customer rating. How can you possibly scale to 600 employees and still have customers love you. Yeah, well, it's tough in the SMB space because you know so many small businesses start uh, with a new idea they had last night. Yeah, yeah. They don't have a lot of funding and they they haven't connected all the dots, and so you got to help them find success. So the key to scale is to try to manage, uh, you know, and have a reasonable churn metrics because it's a recurring business. So if yeah. you're losing more revenue um, per month than you're bringing in, then you can't grow and you go backwards. So we've had to have that snowball continue to grow where we're outpacing our churn with yeah, new but that's, sales. That's like the hardest thing because when, as you mentioned, you described the, the person calls you after she just had a, an idea last night or you just mm-hmm. mapped something. But, you know, as you and I both know, the smaller the business, the needier they can be, right. the less they know what they want and the less money they have. Like, how yeah. do you scale something that's ultimately unprofitable early on? 
You have to have very refined processes and you have to be able, and that's why our mission is to help small businesses grow and their local communities glow, because we really believe if we can help a small business find success and we make the world a better place. So our team is actually very passionate about that. So we'll step outside of the job description. We'll do more than what the customer's paying for if needed. We'll do whatever it takes to try to help that customer find success and ultimately grow. But you also yeah. have to, you know, you're going to lose some, like there's no matter, no matter what sure. you do, you're sure. going to lose some. So you have to be able to grow the other one. So a big part of our strategy is how do we upsell and how do we grow the successful businesses that we have? Because if we're able to to triple an account package for an existing account, that makes up for three that we lose on the back end. But don't you get in a situation, and that makes sense, don't you get in a situation, especially with small businesses that tend to not to be well-funded, where they come in and they want to spend as little as possible. And you just think to yourself, of course, we're not receiving, you know, giving you the results you want because you, you know, spend more and we will. And they're like, I don't have, I mean, where do you fix that? I mean, that has got yeah. to be a frustration. Well, that's the never ending battle of sales expectations, <laughs> which you, <laughs> yeah. you will never be perfect at that one. Um, but we have a minimum agreement, six month agreement. So we do have the customers that commit to six months because we know based on data, if you don't give the campaigns at least six months, then you're likely going to fail anyway. Yeah. So we make you commit to at least six months, make sure you have a budget that can last that long, but also make sure that your budget is at a level that actually can drive some amount of results. And if we can't sell them there, we shouldn't sell them. We, yeah. need, to turn, we need to turn them away. But like I said, that's a never ending battle of working with the sales team to, to refine on that. Yeah. I would think that it is. And, and, you know, it's a, I suppose you you get somebody at some level that they can barely afford as a small business and they're not getting the results. You know, I suppose that is, that would be your challenge. Like don't take those clients. Don't take clients you can't make happy. Yep. Yep. You need to uh, turn them away or sell them in a lower package with a good expectation that fits that. Yeah. Uh, Listeners, this is Proco 360 named in 2021 Best Colorado Business Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Tabor, and this is the show featuring entrepreneurs. You could be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. My guest today is J.B. Kellogg, co-founder and CEO of Madwire. And when we get back, I'm going to finish thanking sponsors, but J.B., when we get back, uh, I want to ask you about this notion of sort of systematizing. Is there any way to do that to serve more clients at their expectations. Before I do that, though, I want to thank our sponsors, uh, Kinsley Meetings. Hey, if you should be outsourcing meetings or conferences to a team that has worked globally with recognized brands, call Steve Kinsley. Also, Via Technologies, go to the Proco360.com website. You'll see it's cool. The Via Technologies team, Clint and the team have been keeping it running, thanks to them. And the Digital Frontier, Sarah Schaffner, bought that company about a year ago, and she's been applying a very entrepreneurial approach to transform the business of printing and signage. So, hey, JB, maybe Madwire ought to be a sponsor, right? And do it through trade. Right. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, hey, I I do want to get back to this notion. I mean, how much when you are serving thousands of small businesses, should, is there, and you mentioned the platform, is there some sense of standard approach to that, that makes it cost-effective? Is there a, you know, a technological platform, even AI that you use to, to, serve clients without having them spend a lot? Yeah, we've continued to build on that over the years, you know, with the platform um, through either AI or even a hybrid of AI and and talent has been something we've invested in. So for us, it's been a focus on verticals. So we have lots of different verticals that we serve from contractors to, and you can go even more granular to roofing contractors, to plumbing contractors Mm. and 
So we've systematized, you know, what websites work the best for those different verticals, what ad campaigns work the best, what keywords and hashtags are most effective from a marketing standpoint, or how does the CRM need to be set up for their day-to-day operations? So we call it Smart Start, where when we get a new customer, we have a Smart Start program within the platform, which will provision an account based on the vertical and get you like 10 steps ahead of the game, where in the old days, we had to literally start Uh, from ground zero every time, you know? That sounds brilliant. So if I am, say, a roofing contractor... And, you know, maybe, maybe you're not helping the guy next to me, but, but, uh, you know, there are thousands of them across the country. You can say, these are the, look what we're doing for these in all these other cities. And here's the exact package. Bang, you're up and running. Exactly. Yeah. And we know almost, you know, with a small margin of error, if you give it this much time and this much investment, this is the type of results that you should see now. It is partly in your court too. Like we're going to get the ball up to the net, but your sales team has to dunk it in. Like we can't completely close the deal for you, but we know that we can generate a certain quality of lead if you invest in the time and the effort there. Well, that's cool. Basically, you get you jumpstart any kind of business. And that kind of answers the question that I was going to ask next, which is why would anyone choose a company like Madwire versus the tens of thousands of little, you know, uh, even freelance people that are out there that do social media, uh, that do marketing, digital marketing and all that. And you kind of, this idea that you can get somebody up to speed predictably, both from results and costs. I mean, that's at least part of the answer, right? From a marketing perspective, absolutely. Yeah, the sheer experience and all the data points that we have um, in the case studies that we have are definitely helpful there. I'd say the other reason they would go with us is because we do have the platform, whereas a freelancer might be using 10 different tools and trying to patch them all together, whereas we have everything you need within one login natively integrated. Yeah. Now, I I also, I would think that some clients and maybe this, this wealth of experience works too, but I would think a lot of clients come to you without even knowing like what their objectives ought to be. Um, you know, you're smiling. Uh, that must happen all the time. It does. Yeah. You'd be amazed how many small business owners don't even know their numbers. You know, they don't know what their average account is or the lifetime value of a customer. And so part of our conversation initially, we, we call it discovery is just going through discovery with the business, trying to understand where they are, where they've been, what's working, what their average customer pays, how long do they stay, and helping them understand their numbers because we have to understand the numbers you know, as well. So that's a good part of the conversation that helps us understand what should your marketing budget even be? And then what should we expect yeah. from that marketing budget in terms of return? You know, entering this conversation, I really, I, I didn't know how many clients you have and that you've already sort of, put them into, I guess you'd almost call it like success prediction buckets. You know, Mm -hmm. the idea like if you've got this kind of business and you want to achieve these kind of results, we can do it at this price for at this, in this period of time. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No. And if you go to marketing360.com and click industries we serve, you'll see all the main verticals that we serve. And when you click into them, it actually talks specifically about how the platform and the marketing works for that vertical. So that supports those case studies. And if you go to the bottom of the page, there's actual data points of the results that we've seen. And so it really helps the sales conversation and it helps the small business understand that even though we are a larger company at this point, we operate like a smaller company in the sense that we really understand your industry. Yeah. Now what's the latest new industry you, you saw that you think, Hey, this is kind of interesting. We don't have metrics on this. You know what? The funny thing is we get those all the time. And so, you know, we start new case studies with each vertical and reclassify. And we actually have over 200 different, you know, categories of business types that we serve. Our top 40 is what we really promote. 
Uh, but you know, it's really been more in the e-commerce realm. So e-commerce uh, marketing and e-commerce businesses have been skyrocketing since COVID. So we yeah. we talk to a lot of those customers, and they can be selling anything you could possibly imagine online. <laughs> you find yourself compete? Like, do you ultimately have like? six customers you're helping to compete against each other? Or are there just so many businesses that you just don't cross paths that often? It does, it's not that often, you know, because our customers are all over the country. So, you know, we might have a hundred roofers, but you know, they're all in a different town. Yeah. So, and even when they are in the same town, you know, the branding's different, their strategy and their messaging is different. So, you know, it's like humans need food and water to survive. And the fundamentals of what we eat are similar, but each person eats differently. And it's kind of the same with marketing. It's the same general fundamentals and strategy. We all need the the same things. We need to be doing yeah. the same things, but how we do it is different. So if I'm going to switch to, uh, I need to call a plumber. So I'll switch to that. The, <laughs> if, if you had three plumbers in the Denver metro area, would customers on social media, explore would they would they recognize that this is the same campaign that looks three different ways? No, you wouldn't because everything's been uh, themed to your brand and your messaging, uh, your pictures, everything. It looks it would look completely different, honestly. Yeah. Um, but the but the strategy behind it would be similar. Yeah, not something you could easily see. Yeah, you started the company when you were twenty eight years old, two thousand and nine. That's twelve years ago, so you must be I don't know around forty now, a mm -hmm. real adult. Right. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> how do you see things? How do you see things differently now than you did when you started it at 28? Yeah, you know, you learn so much. And the funny thing is you never stop learning. You think at some point you have discovered all the the uh the pain points, but there's always a new one every day. There's a new problem to solve. So <laughs> I think just humility comes with leading for this long, you know, you have a different perspective, um, less of an ego for sure. And, you know, what I've learned is do what you feel is right for you'll be criticized anyways, you know, in, in, the, in the early years, you know, you, you kind of get pushed and pulled different ways trying to appease everybody and, um, and you still want to appease everybody, you want everybody to be happy, but at the end of the day, you have to follow your gut, you know, if you think it's the right decision to make, and, you know, even if you can't fully articulate it, you need to do it because you'll be considered, you'll be criticized either which way. <laughs> yeah. So I've always lived by that uh, more so now though, than in the early years. So what's a decision you made recently at 40 that you would have made differently at 28? Gosh, um, I have to think about that. That's okay. I can edit out silence. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> it would definitely probably be, uh, you know, letting go of people quicker. In the early years, you, you hold on to people for a really long time and um, and even though you know that they're probably not going to turn the corner and what you find out over time is you're better off moving along quicker and it's better for you and, and the other person, you know, because it doesn't, nobody any good to drag somebody around for too long if they're not going to be able to either buy into the culture or buy into the process or maybe even just find success. So the way we look at it now is we kind of score people based on attitude, effort, and performance. Yeah. And if your attitude and effort are good, we'll give you a very long leash on performance. Um, if your attitude or effort is low, you have a very short leash on performance. And even if your performance is good, the attitude and effort need to be corrected immediately. Yeah. Um, and so I think, you know, you learn over time that you're better off just moving along quicker than dragging people along too long because it, it hurts them, but it also hurts the rest of the team. Ultimately. Yeah. So. Now I've seen your videos on, on your website. It looks like, well, I guess people are working because they're wearing headsets, but mostly it looks like they're having fun. Yeah. 
Yeah, we hire positive-minded people. And a big part of our interview process is trying to discover if they have a positive mindset because positive-minded people, they get everything done quicker at a higher level of quality with no complaining. You know, and a negative-minded person will take twice as long, have half the quality and complain the whole way. You know? so <laughs> yeah. How do we find positive-minded people? So a big part of our interview process is just asking questions that help try to uncover that because we can train them on the rest. Yeah. Well, I'm going to ask you a question about that in a moment. First, we're going to remind listeners, this is Proco 360. I'm your host, Dave Tabor. This is the show featuring entrepreneurs who could be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. This episode is with J.B. Kellogg of Madwire. Go to Proco360.com to subscribe to the newsletter, read my blog, link to sponsors, and catch the books I'm listening to on Audible. So, J.B., what is a question that you ask people that determines whether they're positive or negative? Yeah, so I did I did all the hiring until we had about 300 people. So I had a lot of reps on this. And the one question that was always the best one for me on that was, tell me about the best job you ever had. Tell me about the worst job you ever had and why. What will happen there is a negative-minded person will spend very little time talking about the positive job. And even that one, they'll have some complaints. They'll spend more of their time talking about the negative experiences and all the negative people that they, that they interacted with there. A positive-minded person will first talk about the positive job. And even in the job they didn't like as much, they'll struggle to talk about anything negative and they'll still highlight the positives that they learned from that situation. So that one always was like the best one to try to uncover that. Wow. That's actually pretty amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, when you think back to you know, along similar lines, when you think, like I always believe I had, I had a really successful uncle that once said to me after I told him I'd learned my lesson, he said, no, you haven't learned your lesson until you do it right the next time. So what lessons did you learn in the past that like it took you more than once to learn? Well, I, I would have to say it was trying too much, you know, um, there's so many, there's so many low hanging fruit everywhere that you want to go pick them all. And what you need to do is stay laser focused. And so in the early years, we would test this and build out and try to build a new revenue stream on, on that, try to build a new revenue, revenue stream on this. And ultimately all it did was pull from your main revenue stream. And so you're better off putting all of your focus into do one thing, do it very well and then move to the next thing. Don't try to do too many things. And so we see all these opportunities every day. Oh man, we could sell this and do that. And oh, we could also do that. And you have to refrain and just refocus on what you do and do it better. Yeah. So it sounds like that is a lesson you've learned because you are doing that. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Now yeah. I'm going to switch Oh, I'm going to switch one more time because I want to go, well, maybe twice. Uh, you've got a personal website and you got a few quotes that I really like. Uh, you got a bunch of quotes up there, but I want to ask you about three. The first one is don't quit, pivot. And that's almost like different from what you just said, which is stay focused, laser on the thing. But, you know, so is it different? Well, that it actually goes with that. So stay laser focused on what you're putting your effort behind but don't just give up at the first hurdle, pivot, pivot slightly. And so, you know, and we've, we've tried that a lot over the years um, with different things that we've done that actually led to something even better. So 
you know, at one point we had a big partner that we were working with and, um, you know, we had substantial revenue coming in from them. And it turned out that that partnership wasn't going to be something that they were going to continue with, unfortunately. And so we were forced to kind of pivot instead of just give up and fire half of our people. We pivoted and we built out a new strategy to generate leads that would replace the leads that came from Mm. the partners. And so, you know, you can look at that situation and go, oh, man, we're taking a huge hit. This partner's leaving all these leads. We have all these salespeople. We're going to have to let them all go. Or you can say, hey, no, you know what? I'm going to pivot. And I'm going to try this strategy to to replace those leads. And that's what we did. And that actually led to our vertical strategy um, because the one partner was one vertical. So then we pivoted to actually getting really good at a lot of verticals to be diversified. And so it was actually good. The pivot was a blessing because now we're more diversified. When one vertical gets crushed, it doesn't affect us that much. What a great example. All right. Next quote, the road to your dreams travels through hostile territory. So question, is that cynical or realistic? Uh, it feels like both. I mean, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, you know, no, nothing easy is worth being proud of. And because you, you have to expect it to be a battle. So just expect some wars along yeah, the way. You know, you that, know? When I think about that, I think about, you know, how sometimes uh, today's young adults are described and, you know, you just talk, I mean, it is a battle sometimes, but are you seeing this notion that, are you seeing the expectation of, hostile territory, you seeing toughness in the people that you hire, you know, I mean, a lot of these people got trophies for participation. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Yeah. You have to build it into them a little bit. And Come so on. can you do that as an employer? Well, I think you can. I mean, it's, it's not a lot of different than coaching a sports team at the end of the day, we're all on a team and we have to be able to weather some storms together and get through some adversity and um, you have to talk about that right up front. This isn't going to be easy, right? But that's something to be proud of because nobody wants to get the easy, an easy dream or an easy goal. What's the fun in that? So you yeah. have to embrace the challenges. Just know that the territory will be hostile to get where we're going because the goal isn't easy, you know? Last quote uh, that I liked that I wanted to cite was, this is my favorite and uh, losers quit, winners fail. And I just want you to unpack that. I thought that, I thought that about, I thought through that in like circles and I kind of love it, but I'm not sure. How would you unpack it? Yeah. You know, to me, it's like, that's the difference between a winner and a loser. You know, a loser is going to hit the first sign of um, difficulty and they're going to quit. Right. But a a winner, they're going to fail. They're going to fail just as much as a loser, but a loser is going to quit. And a winner is just going to keep pivoting. Right. These quotes all go together. They're going to keep pivoting they're going to expect difficulties um, you know, I think we've all seen, you know, the quote or whatever, how Michael Jordan missed, you know, I go, I don't know, more shots than anybody yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So more failures than anybody, but he's the most ultimate winner. So winners constantly fail over and over again, but they never quit. They learn from their failure and it makes them just that much better the next time. Yeah. Cause you know, so often that word fail is so distasteful and we don't equate that with anybody successful. Uh, typically until you hear the story of how so-and-so failed three times and it was there, you know, they finally, but, but I like, I, I like that. And maybe the, the expression is losers quit winners don't quit and they pivot. I don't know. But anyway, yeah. thank you. For <laughs> there that. you go. <laughs> <laughs> it does not, it doesn't have, doesn't, it's not very catchy. So I like yours better. Losers yeah. quit winners fail. All right. I think I saw what? Colonel Sanders with KFC, um, and, and I'm trying to remember what the exact number was, but I think it was something like 1,006 times or 1,001 times, something like that is the amount of times that he failed trying to pitch his chicken 
before somebody <laughs> finally thought this is pretty good. We could build a franchise on this. So he he could have quit any any which time up over a thousand yeah. times, but he never did. He so he failed that many times before he succeeded. Yeah. Hey, um, shifting to the last uh, last section, uh, sort of my wrap up question. Your or lap, wrap up se- section. Your website, you know, talks about Madwire being based in Fort Collins, Colorado. Uh, you know, what is there? Is there any brand association with that? Is there any success you think came from being in Colorado? You know, I think we have great people and a great uh, community here that's very tech savvy here on the front range and Fort Collins. You know, we're right here by a university, CSU. We're also near UNC, not far from CU also. So great talent pool um, of tech savvy, um, you know, people that are passionate about marketing. And so I think that's played a big part in our success. Mm -hmm. You know, Madwire. Uh, the branding of orange and the Broncos. And, you know, we market uh-huh. with the Broncos, you know, where you'll see us in Broncos stadium. When you go there, you'll see marketing 360 and Madwire. So, you know, we very much embrace Colorado and as our home state, man, that must be a big check to write. Well, it's actually a good deal because we do a lot of the marketing for the Broncos for their sponsors. So uh-huh. we actually, you know, help out them in a lot of ways. So it helps reduce our check. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, hey, who is Viz? And what role does he play? Viz is our mascot. Um, so Viz is a is a uh, a red panda, which is really orange looking. And so, <laughs> and it's just a funny story. When we started, you know, we were doing you know crazy amounts of work, and so I started doing to dos at night, extra tasks, and just doing them for people. So they'd come in and see that it was done, and I would just say Viz did it. You know, ah. so then it, it became the mascot of like Viz is like a hero at night, like getting this extra work done out of nowhere. And so it just became our mascot, essentially. And so we have it on our sales screen. So when a sale goes off, people can play 30 seconds of their favorite song on our big sales screen. And Viz will pop up and dance and like coins shoot out of them. So <laughs> it's kind of a fun thing. <laughs> That's super cool. Yeah. As I think about this, is my last question is I think about you know, trends in, in small business marketing, especially small business digital marketing. I mean, if you were going to start another company that leveraged all of Madwire's great capabilities, what kind of company would you start? Well, leveraging our, our great capabilities. So if I started it doing the same thing, what would I do? Or no, are you saying if, you were if I was just start a totally a, different business? If you were going to be a client, of Madwire. And you you knew Madwire was going to be your, you know, you were going to build your business on Madwire's Marketing 360. What kind of company would you start? Gotcha. Gosh, you know, I'd probably uh, start something with AI in terms of offering a service to SMBs that's very scalable with AI at a low cost, but giving them um, the access to the Marketing 360 platform for themselves, but also use it for myself. So to capture leads, to automate the marketing, to really automate the sales process for a SaaS signup, um, and to just get the brand everywhere digitally um, to get them to buy into this AI technology that maybe helps them do things like blog writing, stuff like that. So, yeah. Are you, are you, uh, you know, as you look at your future and in, in incorporating uh, AI into your platform. Do you see that happening a lot? And and uh, are you investing in that? 
We are. Yeah, we are investing in that. And it's it's kind of cool because it leverages the talents of our team so that they can do something one time very, very well. And then we can sell it a million times. Yeah. And so, um, you know, we have very talented people. So right now we have, you know, our team is actually currently working on building out huge amounts of content for these verticals. Through AI, though, it can take the brand voicing from the actual brand and make each piece of content unique and different. But off of the baseline of, you know, four tips on how to clean your gutter, right? Five tips on how to make sure your pipes don't freeze in the winter, that kind of a thing. They're writing this content, but then through AI, it changes the content, keeps it unique, but fits it to the brand voice, which is really cool. Really? You can do that effectively now? I mean, it's not like one of these uh, one of these chat bots, is it? Because, you know, that's well, different. Good. Yeah. Yeah, really, different, it's really different, but kind of similar, similar technology. Yeah. Right. But you think, is it there now? Like, is it working effectively now? It, it is getting very close, very wow. close. So, yeah. That's cool. Last question. What's next for you guys? Is it the AI platform or is there something else? I think there's the future of just, you know, really closing the loop on marketing from the payment to where that customer came from to which marketing channels drive the highest ROI. And you can basically automate where your spend goes. So do more of what's working and less of what's not wow. essentially. And that, but you need all of the data and a full platform to do that, to say, Hey, this lead came from this, this specific ad. They spent this much and the lifetime value of everybody who came through that ad, you know, is this. And so therefore we should funnel more budget there and take it away from these other channels. So you can really, you know, improve and automate your ROI. And is your platform doing that now? It's doing it in some channels. So like with e-commerce, yes, for the most yeah. part. With some of the service businesses, they have to be using our payments to be able to close that yeah. full yeah. So there's yeah. still some adoption that needs to take place. But it sounds, I, I've learned a lot about the possibilities of sort of managed, managed marketing, managed uh, essentially the whole transaction or the whole process of getting clients marketing to them, attracting them, marketing, selling, retaining, and understanding how to maximize that whole process. That's pretty cool. Absolutely. There's a lot yep. of moving pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, let's wrap up there. I'm your host, Dave Tabor. Today on Proco 360, you've been listening to my conversation with JB Kellogg, co-founder and CEO. Well, co-CEO. You know, we never talked about that. Let me ask you one last question. You're co-CEO. How does that work? co-CEO. So I co-founded uh, the company with my dad in 2009. Wow. So it was just the two of us in a small little office. So we're the co-founders, the co-CEOs. And uh, you know, we start every day at 5 a.m. and he's right there with me. And he focuses mostly on uh, the financial side of it. So he was our Got CFO it. for a long time. Um, and then also very passionate about sales. Cool. All right. Well, I'm going to wrap up. I'm going to finish wrapping up here uh, with J.V. Kellogg, co-founder and co-CEO of Madwire. J.V., thanks again. Absolutely. Thanks, Dave. I've enjoyed it and hopefully added some value. Listeners, glad you're here on Proco 360, where we say live, work, love Colorado, because you and I and my guests can be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. You make the show successful by subscribing to the Proco 360 podcast. And if you haven't yet, it's a huge help if you submit a review in your app. Thanks again to our show sponsors via Technologies, The Digital Frontier and Kinsley Meetings. That's a wrap. Live, work, love Colorado.